0: Head on over to morgandwilliams.com newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show.
1: Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your
0: host, Morgan Williams. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Brian Downard. Brian is the founder of BD Ventures and a partner at Prospecting On Demand. Brian's a consultant that helps passionate consultants, agencies, and professional service providers attract better clients, and increase their monthly recurring revenue by creating a steady source of high-quality leads without paying for ads. Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, man. And I got to say, that's one of the best intros I have uh, had, (laughs) so I really appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Glad it it was a good intro. Can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now at BD Ventures and uh, partnering with Prospecting On Demand?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So the quick, dirty version of it is when I was uh, in high school, about probably 15 years old. Some friends and I started a t-shirt company just trying to make money on the side, learned a lot of what not to do in a business, failed a lot, but had some success too You know, at that young of an age. So that's what really got me excited about entrepreneurship and creating my own world and business. And that, by the time I got to college. The t-shirt company kind of fizzled out. We all went our separate ways. I leveraged my design skills that I had learned making t-shirts to start designing iPhone apps. So in college, a friend of mine and myself started an iPhone app development agency. And we actually uh, were fortunate enough to work with companies like Marriott and some uh, really great local businesses in our community. So realizing, though, I don't love development. Um, I'm not very technical. I'm more creative. And just going project to project wasn't an ideal fit for what I wanted to do. So it really took all my skills. And this is probably about five years ago now at this point that we started to just do lead generation and websites for patio furniture businesses. Um, we can get into why I stumbled into that industry later if we really want to. But again, just trying to summarize this quickly so we don't have to make this all about me. But I really want to get your uh, listeners some value and talk about what is in it for them. But... Uh, From that transition, really grew a multiple six-figure agency with a tiny team and uh, wanted to start teaching other people my success. So a few years ago, really got into the coaching space, been working with a lot of people in my programs to help them achieve six figures in their agencies. And I'm very grateful to have, through partnering with Prospecting On Demand, my new partner, Alex, been able to help more than 120 people reach six figures in their marketing agencies. So that is my focus nowadays, is getting other consultants and coaches, marketers to that level in their business where they can have that financial freedom.
0: Absolutely. I feel like that's a really interesting path that you've taken to get to where you are now. I do want to ask, what were some of the things that you've learned from the t-shirt company that had failed in high school? And how did you apply your learnings from that experience into you know, your iPhone app development agency?
2: Yeah, I think with the t shirt one, it was just that you need to take your business seriously because we had no idea what we were doing, right? Like, we were just having fun and wanted to throw parties and, you know, give our shirts away for free to girls. We had no idea what our product <laughs> cost or what our margins were. So, yeah, we were just having fun and being stupid. And when I got to college, I was like, okay, I need to actually create a real business. But I think the biggest lesson in my early stages of entrepreneurship, especially with the iPhone app company, is to not spend a lot of time or money up front on something until there's demand validated for it. Because again, we were able to work with a lot of great businesses to develop iPhone apps for, but we spent about $20,000 up front to have this created and we didn't validate it. By the time it was done and we had spent months working on it, we looked up and we had no customers. Mm. So having people that you're speaking to, like everyone has great ideas, right? But you need to see if people will pay you for those ideas. Everyone wants to just start working on the idea and they look up a year later and they're wondering why no one wants to buy. So I still made that mistake a couple times down the road on my journey, developing courses uh, before validating them. But really, I think the biggest lesson early on uh, was make sure before you spend that time and money, you have something people actually want. The easiest way to do that, and it's scary for some people, and I didn't want to do this, but you need to go speak to the people you ultimately want to serve, go have conversations with them, understand and ask, is this valuable? Would you pay for this? Because otherwise you get really frustrated when you spend all this time and money and no one wants it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like the simplest explanations or the simplest answers are usually the right ones, right? Just have yeah. conversations with your market and they'll, they'll let you know exactly what they want. Awesome.
2: Uh, and I think too, man, just to Mm -hmm. add to that, sometimes, you know, the answer is what you don't want to hear. Like, people want a sexy answer, right? Like, oh, if you just develop a, a webinar funnel, you'll never have to speak to anyone. It's like, no, if you're at the early stages of your business, having close relationships with your customers is the most important piece. Like, you need to go speak to people. So if anyone listening has that fear and you're at that point in your business, just understand that that's what's going to get you over the hump and actually get you a real business.
0: Awesome. Very good advice. And real quick before we kind of jump into, you know, LinkedIn and Legion, uh curious, how did you get into Marriott? How did you get them as a customer?
2: So we actually got them through cold emailing, man. It was crazy. There you go. They were it was the Pasadena Marriott hotels. And we literally just cold email, right place, right time, where they were actually looking at developing another app with another agency. We came in there and gave them a nice presentation, they liked what we had and they went with us. So that was really exciting because I was probably I don't know 20 years old at that point, like had no idea what we were doing and all of a sudden shit, Marriott's a client. Like what do we do? We got to make this good now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Cool story. So LinkedIn and lead generation. I know this is uh your core, your center um, with the uh, the Facebook group you have and all the great content you provide. We'll start at a high level. You know, how should, if someone's interested in getting involved in using LinkedIn for lead generation, what are some key things to keep in mind?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. The group's been a uh, labor <laughs> of love and I can um, I'll drop a plug for that here at the end. But if we're just talking about, you know, an overview of what you need to do on LinkedIn, And it's funny, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, but making sure you know what you want to sell and who you want to sell that to because you need to make that clear on your profile and when you're reaching out to people. So one of the simplest examples I can give you is your headline on LinkedIn, that little line of text that goes below your name. Most people just have like CEO of marketing agency or marketing manager at whatever. You should be using that to tell people not what you do, but what you do for them. So instead, it could be something like, I help marketing pros attract 10 uh, client opportunities per week automatically without ads. That's a headline. It's specific mm-hmm. to who I serve. It's marketers. It's specific to an outcome, uh, the 5-10 client opportunities, and it's there's a little bit of that excitement where, hey, I'm, I'm doing this without ads, or there's, there's that curiosity, right? Like, how am I automating this without ads? So... When people see me on LinkedIn or I reach out to them, that headline follows you around everywhere on LinkedIn and they read that. And so when I reach out to my ideal customers, they see, oh, Brian is the guy to go to for marketers who need that result, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just saying founder of BD Ventures, like that's not appealing. That doesn't say anything to them. But if I'm reaching out to a stranger online, they need to know right away that I'm the right person to help them if they're looking for that kind of help.
0: Absolutely. So attention grabbing. Yeah. Value-laden USP in that headline.
2: Yeah, and go, just go again, ahead. being specific about who it is that you serve. So having, you know, the name of the niche. So I help blank achieve blank in a, the simplest formula. That's what I would use. But again, you're making it clear before you start going and reaching out to people and before they start coming and looking at you. You just want to be clear about who that is that you serve so you don't blend in with the masses of other people who are just you know, freelancers, marketers. Like Your prospects want to know that you are the right person for them. You're not just a generalist, right?
0: Absolutely. And when it comes to the rest of the profile, what can people do to really beef up that profile and, and help them gain attention? There's a lot of directions Uh people can go what should they keep in mind with
2: that yeah the first thing I would tell them is to not overthink it don't spend a lot of time on it the majority of your time should be spent on speaking with your target audience on LinkedIn but if you want to optimize your profile Don't write it like a resume. So much like your headline, you're not going to make your bio, your description about yourself. You're going to make it about what you can do for your potential clients, what outcomes you provide, what pain you know they're currently in, and the feelings that they will get when they achieve the outcome. It can almost be written like a sales letter, honestly and you want to have a call to action at the end. So it's like, hey, does this sound like something you could benefit from? Well, here's how to talk to me. Instead of just rattling off about yourself, because, you know, let's be honest, people always have this mentality of what's in it for me, especially when a stranger reaches out to them online, and the last thing they care about is all these details about you or whoever it is, right? They care about what you can do for them. So that's what I would say. Don't make your profile about yourself. Make it about the people you can serve. And then the only other piece of advice I would give there as well would be make sure your profile picture looks good and your headline (laughs) is relevant or your header photo is relevant. If you have like, I know this is an exaggeration, but a picture of you drunk in college on your LinkedIn profile, that's probably the epitome of stupid anyways. But you'd be surprised some of the pictures I see and things people have on there or they just don't wanna have a profile picture at all. Like that's not okay. This is a social network. People are here to connect, have a good headshot and look professional because that first impression is gonna count.
0: Yep. And those are some really sound fundamentals, you know, present yourself like someone your prospects want to do business with. Be professional, have the nice headshot and picture. Um, absolutely. Um, and I think people
2: also overestimate how many people will take the time to read your profile. It's not many. They're going to maybe glance like over it for a second <clears> in some cases. But most of the time it's going to be about your outreach messages and what you say, which is what we can get into next.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was actually just going to ask that. Let's say you know you've done some some work to your profile, you got that uh, where it needs to be for the most part. How do you get in contact with your market? Are you are you creating content, posting it? Are you doing direct outreach through in What does that cadence kind of look like?
2: Yeah, so I, I love that you led with those two questions because those are two things I would actually recommend people don't do. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you want to, if you're creating content elsewhere feel free to syndicate it on LinkedIn, put it on there, but I would not invest a lot of time on your content strategy on LinkedIn simply because people don't spend a ton of time there. If you look at the stats, they really only spend, you know, a few minutes on LinkedIn per day and, you know, compared to Facebook or other social platforms, it's just not a good place to get people to consume your content. Uh, that could change in the future, but honestly, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube—they have the captive audience that consumes content. So, don't worry so much about content strategy. Worry about your outreach to individual customers. Now, your comment about inmail—inmail InMail is very interesting because you know, basically, lets you send a message to anyone you want, but. I everyone who I've ever received an email from, I just see them using it so wrong because they just assume, oh great, I can get in their inbox without connecting. So I'm just gonna lead with a pitch and try and sell them something. Like that shit doesn't work. Like if I'm in my (laughs) inbox and I just get a long ass pitch from someone, I'm not gonna read it. I don't care. Like I don't I don't want that. So If you're using InMail in a way that I'm about to describe, it's fine. I don't actually use InMail. LinkedIn allows you to send up to 150 messages per day to your contacts. So as long as you're consistently connecting with people, you can send the messages. You don't need to pay for the InMails. So what you should be doing if you want to connect with your target audience online is before you even attempt to do outreach, I'm going to talk about something that most people don't discuss. And this is something that my partner, I, Alex, and I have come up with that I don't really see anyone else talking about. But it's this idea of a prospecting offer. So you have your core offer, right? Like let's say you sell Facebook ads, but you're not going to lead with a pitch on LinkedIn or anywhere because it's not going to work. So saying, oh, I do Facebook ads. Do you want to pay me? It's not going to work. But if you lead with a prospecting offer, something that is free and valuable and gets your ideal clients to metaphorically raise their hand and show interest, that's a lot more powerful. So if you were selling Facebook ads, you could offer someone a case study. You could offer someone to do a free audit of their Facebook ads or a free review. You could give them a high-performing ad that you know works. So... The idea is you reach out to them with some kind of value. And I'll give you another one that's I've seen, two of them that I've seen work extremely well. Um, one is not realistic, but I just want to give context and examples here so people can think creatively. But I used to, when I wanted to reach out to influencers who are very hard to get a hold of, I would offer to make them infographics. I had to slow down hmm. my outreach because everyone wanted one and I could basically connect with anyone I wanted to. But it wasn't a good investment of my time because I had to spend all that time making the infographics. Yep. So if you've got a creative skill or a creative or something unique that you can offer, think about what that is, but don't make it take up a huge amount of your time. So I'll give you another idea that's working fantastically, and we honestly recommend this to probably 80% of the people we work with. So you guys are getting a little bit of the behind the scenes here, but very good. It's called the uh, interview article offer. And you basically reach out to your prospect and say, Hey, I'm putting together an article to feature the top blank in the blank area. So it could be, you know, dentists in Austin, Texas. And this works fantastic for companies that have gatekeepers, right? So any white collar industries uh, where there's receptionists or people who are a gatekeeper, this is a fantastic offer. Cause you're like, Hey, I'm looking to do Uh, do an article about the top dentists in the Austin, Texas area. Would you be interested in being included in this free piece? I would just need a couple of minutes. That is the carrot, right? The article, the interview. And you can leverage that to get past the gatekeeper and get on the phone with a potential client. You're not lying. You actually do go create the article, um, but you just don't have to spend a lot of time on it. It's just the carrot that allows you to, in your outreach, get someone to say, hey, I'm interested in speaking with you. Because leading with a pitch, if you're going to do outreach, is just not an effective strategy.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. It's instant value, right? Yes, are value what we're going for here. Absolutely. I mean, you're offering to essentially help someone promote their business for free, right? They're getting recognition. They're definitely getting something out of it. Who doesn't like being talked about? you know, in a positive way, of course. So I love that. For people who maybe they don't have a platform as a writer um, or any ideas on kind of or anything you've, you've tried or tested that kind of takes the, the principle behind that and uh, leverages it to get attention as well?
2: Yes, that's a fantastic question. And what we do is we have our clients who don't have a following in that space tell the people who ask, hey, where is this going to be published? We have not published it on medium.com. So it's a very high ranking site. And when someone types in top dentists in the Austin, Texas area, that article should rank pretty high up there, ideally on the first or second page. And that is where they can get some recognition and credibility for people searching online and it comes something across that on medium. So I love that question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to ask, let's say you, you get the interview you you draft the draft the article for the person Or let's just say you know you get them on the phone you talk to them what does the process look like from there how can you kind of leverage that into turning it into like a business discussion
2: yep yep these are great questions man so what you do is at the end of the call or you can even uh, set the expectation in advance before the call like hey as a thank you for the people who participate in this article, I'm providing them with blank. And there, you have another prospecting offer to give them a reason why to continue a conversation and have a relationship with you. So you can say, again, if you're doing Facebook ads, look, you know, as a thank you for the people in this article, we're offering free consultations around Facebook ads and would love to give you some advice around what you're currently doing and how to make it even better. Would you be interested in talking about that? And then you can set up an additional time after the interview to have that call. If they have time, then um, you can do it there, but just don't assume that they'll have the time to be on that call right then and there. Again, if we're talking white collar, you know, dentists, that type of stuff um, they're less likely Their schedules are going to be a lot tighter. So just be cognitive of that and don't expect them to spend another half hour on the phone with you. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think what's
2: important just overall is, asking permission. Don't just assume. So you can say, Hey, would you be interested in that? Oh, great. Well, here's some ideas. Oh, wow. You know what? Now that we've gone into your Facebook ad account, I think this would really benefit you. Would you be interested in hearing about our services and what we could potentially do for you? At that point, you've already built rapport with them. You built a relationship. They're likely not going to say no, right?
0: Right. Absolutely.
2: So I think just, you know, back to the original question of how you start outreach, the idea is you just need to provide some kind of value up front that is you know enticing enough for them to want to get on the phone with you or speak to you and just put yourself in their shoes like what if you got the message you're about to send like would that be interesting to you would that work and you know just to give some real world proof that this does work this is how you and I connected this is how I'm on the show right now people love right. to talk about themselves and promote themselves what I'm doing right now <laughs> yep. and you know it's giving you and us a chance to build a relationship and if there's potential to support or refer each other, we can do that, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you would have just
2: led with, hey, Brian, I want to sell you something, then we would never not be having this conversation or building a relationship.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and that's a good point. I didn't necessarily think about that. You know, writing is, of course, something that, like you said, you know, there's easy access to platforms like Medium, but if you are a... um, someone who's into video or even audio, you can for sure, you know, start a podcast or, you know, start a YouTube channel around that and kind of build credibility there uh, and authority. Right. So, absolutely.
2: Right. You use your, you know, unique advantages for sure because now I don't have to make infographics for influencers. I can just offer to interview them like you did in my group. I've got 3000 very engaged marketers in there. And when we do interviews, I can get people exposure. So that's my value exchange for influencers now.
0: I'm glad you brought up the group. The group has, uh, that's how I first became aware of you. And one thing I noticed is that you're always giving away great content, but it's not just, it's not just valuable content, it's actionable content too. You're giving away slices of, of your business in regards to types of tools and, and tactics people can use. Can you tell us a little bit more about the group and kind of what you're doing in there for the listeners?
2: Yeah, and I think before we dive into that as well, it's funny. An example that I didn't give is for a prospecting offer, is the one that I use, but I use LinkedIn to invite people into my Facebook group. That is my prospecting offer. That's how I lead with value. Like so, yeah, so I tell people basically, hey, like, thank you so much for connecting. I see we're both marketers. I actually have this community where we support and refer each other. Again, that's a key phrase I always use support and refer each other. And I probably get a good 10% response rate of people who want to join and another good probably five to 10 members uh, per day just from LinkedIn. Wow. So yeah, just another uh, idea for a prospecting offer as you guys are you know, mulling over some ideas for your own in your head. But yeah, so the group uh, actually started about a year and a half ago when I was getting into the coaching space and starting to educate people. And honestly, man, I, if people were listening or considering a group, don't, but you need clients right now, don't go start a group. If you have clients, (laughs) you have consistent income, uh, it's a good thing if you want to start building an audience to do that. But it is more of a slow burn strategy and more of a nurturing strategy. So I just wanted to put that out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea is to have your own private community, your own private garden, where you are the guru, you are the leader. People look to you for advice And it's where you can demonstrate your authority, share valuable content, and then create relationships with people. But I think the biggest piece of advice I could give is to not... Just be passive and wait for people to come to you. If you have a group, even if it's small, as you're posting stuff, as people are engaging with it, go start one-on-one conversations with those people who are liking and commenting on your posts. Those people obviously are metaphorically raising their hands and showing interest in what you're talking about. They could be potential clients and customers. And this is what I do all day long with my VA who handles a lot of the manual outreach. And when people respond interested... I take over and set appointments. My VA sends messages to everyone who joins my group, everyone who engages with my content, and we get conversations rolling with prospects that way as well. So don't be passive if you have a group. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give.
0: And um, touching on that point, I'd like to know you know, in addition to the, the LinkedIn outreach you've done with your prospecting offer and you know, offering people entry into the group uh, to support and refer each other, um, what are some other things that you've used to kind of build the group from scratch in regards to, you know, uh, what types of activities have you done to to build membership?
2: Yeah, so we initially launched with 300 members, which is pretty damn good for a new group. And oh, yeah. we did that by hosting a free challenge. So I was t- giving people quick wins on how to get clients. And what I actually did was featured a couple of influencers, you know, smaller influencers in the challenge And then when the challenge was done, those influencers then promoted it to their audiences. And I was able to pull in people into my community that way. So that definitely works really well. Uh, In in that same vein, doing other interviews like this is a fantastic way to do it, even if it's on a podcast, other Facebook groups. Uh, Just getting your name out there because at the end, I'll tell people where they can go get more information about me and they'll be able to access my group. Right. So cross-promoting through other people's audiences who already have the audience you want. Fantastic. And then again, in that same category of strategy, going into other groups, providing value, commenting, genuinely providing value to people. And then on your Facebook page, having your featured links, you know, go back to your groups. When people come and they, creep on you, quote unquote, they're creeping yeah. on you. They want to know what you do. They find your group and they join your group. I have people who do that all the time and they say, Hey, where'd you find me at? Um, cause that's one of the questions to so join my group. And they'll say, Hey, I saw you in the click funnels group, or I saw you in this group because I was providing value. They looked into me, they wanted more value and they joined the group.
0: Awesome. So really leveraging those existing audiences, um, whether they be through influencers or, or going into other groups on, in this case, the, Facebook platform specifically. Um, You mentioned that you did ran challenges with influencers. What did those challenges look like? Honestly, man, those (laughs) if
2: I just did an overview, it wouldn't be complicated but like getting into the nitty gritty of a challenge is complicated and there was a lot of moving parts. The goal for me was I was launching a membership website and the idea was to get a lot of eyeballs on there. And We actually got 70 members on our launch so it went well but Basically, the idea is over five days, you know, three days, five days, seven days, you produce content almost webinar style that is aligned with one topic and you want one outcome for the people in that challenge. So, for me, it was to get your first or next clients with outreach on LinkedIn or something like that, right? Without ads. And mm-hmm. so, people came because they wanted that outcome, and I coached them through on each day individual the individual steps of that and then on the final day making an offer to hey if you want to work one-on-one with me here's how you can do that
0: awesome so you kind of went out to smaller influencers and kind of said hey i'm doing this challenge would you like to take part in it
2: yeah exactly okay and not take part in it as in they're going to be in it with the content but they're going to help me produce some of the content give us some quotes maybe give some insight I promote them in it. It's a little bit like a a mini virtual summit that I injected into a challenge, right? But, you know, at at the end of the day, I think, you know, I'll let you decide where you want to continue with the conversation. But if you're in the B2B space, or you're wanting clients like right now, and depending on what kind of clients they are, I don't necessarily think I would recommend a challenge for you. Challenges, um, again, it's a slower burn. You need to have the audience there or you need to have them the know-how or the connections to go find the people to build that audience. So again, if you just if you need clients now or if you're looking to really get a lot of clients through the door this month, challenges in Facebook groups aren't going to be the way to do it. So I just want to be totally transparent and not lead people who are listening down a path that they might yeah. you know, be upset by in 30, 60 days. If you want clients like right now, you need to go talk to them directly. And again, that's where LinkedIn becomes very powerful.
0: Yeah, and let's actually finish up with that question. Starting from scratch, you know, let's say you're in B2B, and whether you, you know, own your own business or you are an account executive at an existing company, what's the best high level advice you could give on, okay, if I needed to get a client you know, yesterday, you know how should I do that? The most direct approach? Yes.
2: Yeah, so the most direct approach is going to be getting referrals from your past clients or looking into your past opportunities or speaking to people who already know, like, and trust you. So, Those are going to be the three places you need a client yesterday to get because to get clients, you need someone to know, like, and trust you. And building that through cold outreach is very challenging. So you need to really dive into the people who already do know, like, and trust you, who can vouch for you. And they can put you in touch with hopefully someone who is either a good fit for you or can keep referring you through that industry. But the idea is you need to provide upfront value to those people as well. right? So if you get on the phone with someone, you can't just make it about yourself or what you need. And I think it's also important to note that if you're in a position where you might be a little bit desperate, you know, I hope it's not this situation, but people can feel that like if you need a sale, like if we're talking about you need a client yesterday because you need to pay your bills people will feel that and they won't convert. If you, that desperation almost has a stench, right? So first of all, you need to be in a place where you don't need a client yesterday. So if that means having a part-time job or doing something else in the meantime, then that's what you have to do. You have to protect your passion. But again, the most direct way to get clients is to get people who already like you to refer you. Now, if you've exhausted that option, then again, I think... Going and having conversations in communities face-to-face is ideal, but time-consuming. But again, Mm -hmm. that's why LinkedIn and Facebook are so powerful because you can go right to your ideal clients, start conversations based around value, value first. um, And you can Mm -hmm. do that in your underwear from your phone, right? Like it's easy on LinkedIn and social media. So I don't think people realize that and they use social media as a consumption platform. They go on there, zone out for a few hours a day instead of using it as a sales tool. So really start to reframe that in your mind. And I think that you'll start to get a lot more results on these platforms.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, I think since it's digital and you know, you're know you not in front of the person A lot of times on these platforms, it can cause people, you know, everyone's made the mistake to reach out with a a take instead of a give attitude, right? You're looking to make a sale, set an appointment, something you want to do and not take into consideration the other person. So by flipping that and going value first, you know, not only are you giving an offer that's much more valuable and will be received much better by the audience, you're also standing above all the others who are just doing the quick, you know, let me just get as many people as possible and message them and a small percentage will convert. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: that's, that's just not going to work. Like you'll, You will be frustrated, I promise you, if you try and pitch people before you even know if
0: they need what you have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Brian, it's been so great talking to you. I love the value that you've packed into such a short amount of time. If people are interested in working with you, As a consultant or getting in touch with you regarding prospecting on demand. You know what? I do want to talk about prospecting on demand real quick. Could you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So again, over the past few years, I've been getting into a lot of coaching on the B2B side and lead generation. Prospecting on demand was started by a peer of mine in Alex Schlinsky. And I actually became a coach in his program a few months back. And we work really well together, so we've decided that we want to partner here in the very near future. And prospecting on demand is really you know, the accumulation of a lot of what I've done and Alex has done to create a system called prospecting in a box that is incredibly effective. And between the two of us, we've helped more than 120 agency owners reach six figures with this system. So we're extremely grateful to have something we're super confident that works and obviously very grateful for. Uh, the people that we work with who are getting amazing results. So Prospecting On Demand is uh, a website you can go to prospectingondemand.com learn about our services we do offer uh, done with you consulting. So we'll show you how to do it. We'll teach you how to fish and go get your own fish. And we also offer some done for you. We will do the fishing for you. So that's a website where you can learn about prospecting on demand. And then my website is just dot com, first and last name.com. There you can find some free content, some trainings, my group and all that other good stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. A lot of great value out there. Um, thanks for sharing that. Uh, This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you stopping by and and giving the listeners something that they can use some actionable insights.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, man. I love the great questions you had and uh, happy to do it anytime for you.
0: Sure thing. All right, man, you have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.